Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I think we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. Um, For you listeners out there, this may seem like any other Fruitful and Fearless podcast, but little do you know that this is our first time recording (laughs) like a month or more. How old is Cyril? He's a month, right? He is a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A month. So a lot has happened since the last time that we have recorded. The Soves have welcomed a new member to their family. So tell us a little bit, bit about Cyril. Yay! Cyril, like I was just telling you, he eats nonstop. I don't think he's gone much longer than three hours since he was born. <laughs> Not eating. So he's so awesome crazy. though. He's he he's is. a great little baby. So we talk to each other yeah. on Zoom, which is a thing where you can also see each other. So I'm just going to be staring at a baby for the entire time that we're talking. So <laughs> if I get distracted, don't mind me. I'm just staring at some really cute chubby cheeks. <laughs> and neither of oh. our boys, were, I was telling her that neither of our boys were chubby. So anytime I see a chubby baby, I'm just like amazed. Like, oh, <sighs> cheeks and the rolls. It's just a cuteness overload. Oh my gosh. It's pretty shocking when you, when you deliver a chubby huh there you go so are we talking about books yeah. today yeah sorry our my internet connection is Yay. unstable but i think that i think that we're good now oh. um also okay. on on the baby note all of you should write in and try to convince lexi to tell part of her birth story parts of oh my god story. no one's gonna <laughs> want to oh my no, no. <laughs> you might you might have a panic attack at this point we might win or wait till she's like at least six <laughs> months <laughs> out from having a baby uh, you tell it I, talk I, about I, it yeah I think I think I'm away from it with a little bit more of I mean I really do think you have to go into something with that like I told you with a really strong view of God's sovereignty in your story so yeah after you know I've come a couple weeks away I'm feeling a little better about it now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah maybe for another podcast yeah I feel like I almost have PTSD from your birth story <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's so funny oh, okay so how was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good, pretty low key. My dad was in town, so that was that was nice to have him here. They're moving back in a few weeks, so it was cool to see him. But moving what about you Utah? guys? Moving back to Utah? Yeah, they're, oh, cool. they'll be here full time now because they've been doing that part time in Florida thing. But they just mm-hmm. they for multiple reasons they're coming back, so we're really cool. excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you cook the whole meal? Actually, no. I baked a pecan pie twice because I was I so sleep deprived. <laughs> I baked it like was it almost 200 degrees hotter than it should have been. And Brian loves pecan pie. So mm-hmm. I, I had to make another pie. And then I made yeah. sweet potatoes, but my mm-hmm. mother-in-law did most of the cooking. So mm-hmm. that's nice. awesome. Cool. Yeah. What about you? You guys are in Texas, right? Yeah. So we went to Texas for Thanksgiving and it was awesome. We had such a good time. We did Thanksgiving with my family the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and um, I made – what did I make for that one? I made those – oh, I made those apple dumplings. Did I tell you that? That I made the apple oh, no, dumplings you and shared the recipe with me? Did you well, do it with the Mountain Dew? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a Sprite, so I thought, oh, this is close enough. Okay. So I did it with a Sprite, and it worked. And they were very Ooh, good, and everyone They're so them. good. They were so Maybe good. I made a double batch of them because it only makes like seven oh, yeah. or eight. Um, so I made okay. a couple and everyone loved them, but I made those Ooh. and I made those 
I made chocolate drop cookies. I may have shared that recipe with you. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, you did. really good and easy. Um, and I made just green bean casserole mm. and rolls. And Yum. then um, we did the whole spread. Everybody, everybody, we did, me, my sister-in-law, and my mom all did three, three or four things each. So okay. it worked out really well to where nobody was, you know. Yeah, doing too much. Along. Yeah. And then um, in Texas, it was really fun. Um, my sister-in-law, Jared's sister, uh, lives there. And we've never done a holiday down there before. And they only come back for either Thanksgiving or Christmas. So okay. she invited us to come down um, for Thanksgiving this year. And it was so much fun. We had an absolute blast. You know how it is whenever you go and visit someone that's just really good at hosting, how they make it so special? Yeah. That yep. is how she, she is just very oh, that's cool. good at hosting and had little things planned to where I know that we're just going to remember this trip forever. Cause it was just oh. every, like little special things that you'll just remember. And it was actually making me think this is kind of a different topic than what we're going to talk about. This is for free out there. listeners. So. <laughs> but it was making me think about how that's kind of how we affect future generations and affect culture as women. One way that we affect it is making special moments that make memories because mm. the things that we remember are the things that were special that someone put extra mm. time into and thought about yeah. us. And that's how we make memories. And that's what we want to replicate in the future is we're like, oh, that was really special. I want to do that with my mm. kids or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. And so I was just thinking about like the things you don't remember or the things that were either negative or just blah, you know, just like, huh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that special one way or the other about it. Um, that's not really something that sticks out in your memory, but the way that we, make things memorable, like sights, sounds, smells, all that. Mm-hmm. Just to, and it, so it was inspiring for me just with Advent Advent going on and Christmas coming oh, yeah. up. Yep. Um, just wanting to make things a little bit more special even than we yeah. have in previous years to make memories and do things that I want our kids to remember and want to replicate whenever they're parents. You're sounding like Edith Schaefer. Have you ever read her stuff? No, I haven't. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's a whole nother... Okay. list of books you got to get. This is the perfect segue into our reading, <laughs> reading discussion. So I'm going to write that down on my okay. 2020 yeah. list. Yep. Um, any certain book? Um, my favorite ones are The Hidden Art of Homemaking and okay. What is a Family. But all the ones I've read are really good. Okay. So... Yeah, so that segues quite nicely into what we are going to talk about. Lexi and I are both um, book lovers and really big readers, and some of you wrote in whenever I had asked a while back, what do you guys want to hear us talk about, and said that you would like for us to talk about books that we've enjoyed. Also, I have a cold, so I apologize for the nasaliness that's happening right now. (laughs) But um, I thought, I don't know if you want to talk about your reading goals that you normally do, or do you just want to talk about your favorite books? Um, um, yeah, I can talk about both of, of those. <laughs> okay, books are kind of what brought the Soves and the Sparkses together because whenever Brian... <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> whenever Brian joined Sojourn, they did like a little, um, I don't know, they like linked the path. I don't know if it was like his blog or something and Jared went on there was like this guy read 110 books I don't even I don't remember the number but I'm sure it was above 100 and he was like I've got to talk to him at the retreat and find out how he does it how he practically does that so anyways yeah whenever (laughs) whenever we got to the retreat a couple years ago he's like there's that guy I'm gonna go talk to him and we went and talked oh my gosh I think he's 
over 200 now. I know, I saw year. that. Jared showed me that he's <laughs> over 200 for this year. That is amazing. That takes serious discipline. Um, so anyways, okay, talk a little bit about your guys's reading habits, and then I guess we can talk about um, our favorite books from 2019. Um, I think I've said this before. I don't really have many hobbies aside from food and books, so I understand that not everyone else mm. – everyone else is that into books. <laughs> but I mean, it does help that we don't have television for the most part. I mean, I don't know. We don't, we just get in bed at night after our kids are in bed and we read. So um, as far as setting goals though, what I kind of have done, I have never been an intentional goal setter in regards to my reading until Brian started setting goals for himself. His have always been numerical goals. And because I didn't need to challenge myself in that, I'm not reading 200 books a year by any means, but because I didn't need to like discipline myself to read more, I set kind of different types of goals. So I think maybe the first year I wanted more ancient history. So I just made sure that I had a few ancient history books. Um, last year I wanted more um, classical type books about classical education. So I did a lot of that last year. And then this year, what I tried to do, but basically failed at because I found out I was pregnant in January. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted to do more actual classical literature. Mm -hmm. So um, I did like Herodotus's histories and um, the Iliad and reading like first person ancient literature if that makes sense cool. so which we can talk about a little bit in my I mean I'll talk about that at some point okay. oh and I wanted to read more Shakespeare so I did a little bit of that too so how many but, books did you read this year did you oh gosh, well you I know, know December I don't not over number yet. it I don't number it based on oh, okay. the look of it though I would say around 30 or 40 books this year mm. no there's more than that on there yeah I don't I don't number it just because I, I read so differently from Brian. I commonplace with everything that I read. So it takes me a long time to get through books sometimes because I'm, at least in the past, I've done that a lot um, because then I use those commonplace notes for usually things that I'm writing or publishing. Mm -hmm. So And what do you mean by commonplace? Do you mean writing it in your binder that you keep all your stuff in? Yeah. Um, I have a separate one just for quotes okay. or like thoughts or different different things like that. So Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that's probably a much better way to actually um, may retain a lot that you're mm -hmm. reading rather yeah. than just like busting through it. Because yeah. this year, Jared and I set book reading or yeah, sorry, for real, my brain is like half capacity right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, so this year we set reading goals um, and it's the first time that we've done that. And I can find myself just wanting to like bust through a book just to get it done and on my list. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's not the point of why I'm reading. So I have to be like, okay, if I don't really like this book, then it's okay if I just wasted two weeks on it and don't finish it. Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay for me because I don't want to waste another three weeks trying to finish something that I don't like and feel like is a waste. You know what? I was going to say too, I probably start and don't finish just as many books as I do finish. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I was, don't ever count those ones just because yeah. 
it's exactly. not, mm-hmm. I get to the point of like, it's not in the place in my life at a different time. I'll yeah. This up. <laughs> yeah. That's today. I was reading, I was reading a book on the couch and it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not reading another second of it, but just because yeah. I'm not enjoying it or I don't agree or, or whatever. What? <laughs> like, I'm done. What was the book? <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Have we already talked about yes. it, you and I? Okay, yes. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay, you guys can message me privately if you want to know. Um, um, I'm not distracted. I'm just going to go lay Cyril down, so I'm still You're listening. fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, okay, so I read, as of right now, I know December's not over, but I don't really foresee me finishing. Well, I might finish one book that I'm reading right now. Um, but I read like, I think it's around 25 ish books this year, which is much more than I've ever read in a year, which has been really cool and just a good, um, I feel like <laughs> it's really weird seeing you from this angle. <laughs> I thought you were falling Very down for a second. I was really excited just to keep track. I have never even kept track of the books that I've read in a year before. I really didn't um, start enjoying to read till I was in college and living on my own. So now that Jared and I Oh, oh, another big thing that happened last year that helped us, I feel like, with our reading is we canceled our Netflix and Hulu. So all we have now is Amazon Prime, which we still watch shows on. Um, But just like you said, after our kids are in bed, we um, sit down and read. And we'll maybe watch like 30 minutes of something before we actually go to sleep sleep. But um, yeah, in the evenings we just read. But we do go to bed very early. But my reading plan uh, for the day consists of like my Bible reading in the mornings and then during nap or at some point during the day, I try to read some of a life life application book. And then in the evenings before bed is when I read fiction. So because I love fiction, it's my very favorite. So oh yeah, whatever I can read while I'm I'm glad you mentioned that is going to be a fiction book Um, that's just a paid turner that I'm just um, enthralled with. I think that's one of the keys to getting books read a lot getting a lot of books right rather um, is just having like knowing your energy throughout the day mm-hmm. and strategically placing different types of books throughout the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So what was your favorite books of 2019? I don't know how we oh. should categorize this. <laughs> okay. Do you want to you know say your one are? favorite book or maybe we should say favorite book from like each category that you do. So, so for me, I only have two That categories. might be a little bit easier. Um, I only have fiction and, and then like, well, I don't know. I do have, huh? I don't know. You can go first. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I, I've been trying the last couple of years to read death by living every January. I just really think it helps to re, you know, you're thinking about how you want to, what you want to do differently, what habits you want to change, what goals you have for the next year, mm-hmm. thinking about school, like a new semester of school and stuff like that. So Death by Living is always just a really helpful one for me. And honestly, it's always one of the best books I read every year. So hmm. um, so that was like at the beginning of my year for sure. The other book that I really enjoyed the beginning of the year was um, Folks, This Ain't Normal by Joel Salatin. What was it? it ca- What's it called? Folks, This Ain't Normal. Okay. Um, he's a farmer back east somewhere I think he's in Virginia but um he just had a lot of even though I'm not I think food fussing is a very easy sin for me to fall into Mm -hmm. I just really liked his take on he's a believer and I had never thought about like how the government's involvement 
in the food production industry has really affected the quality of our food, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, just considering that from, from the, like, I, I don't think we should have big government involvement in those sort of things. So it was a very interesting new sort of um, way for me to look at, look at food in general. So can't okay. take that too far, obviously, because, because you can go insane and feel hopeless yeah. <laughs> over your food. But Yeah. And feel um, anxious about every time you eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you read a book like that, then you should immediately pick up Doug Wilson's Food Catholic and read it right afterwards, which is yeah. literally what I did. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> I literally have to do that. Every time I read a book about food, I have to like go back to the Wilson book and really remember like, okay, the Lord is sovereign. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> I can eat this meat. Is that the one so, that um, you told me about that where you get your um, kind of what you posted on Thanksgiving, like this food's already been. Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, that oh, was first Peter, first Thessalonians, where it says all things are sanctified with Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and prayer. So that's, yeah. that's like a reality. And even science is starting to show that if people are sitting down to pray over their food, their body mm -hmm. is absorbing it better than those who are not doing so. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So that's like, that's um, like Marie, me with the Marie Kondo stuff. Like I've never watched uh, it because I know like okay. I, I tend towards stressing mm -hmm. out over home stuff. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I can never, that's a show that I can't watch. Or if I do watch it, I have to be very like careful about it because I will get okay. into like a, I'm going to go inside and just clean for the next week. Everyone's yeah. in my way. <laughs> so hold yeah. on. Sorry. No, One no, second. So yeah, that's, that's one that I, um, although I, I told you about over Thanksgiving, um, my sister-in-law had a book called home edit that was all about organizing and it had lots of beautiful pictures in it that you, you actually said you saw it at Costco or something. Yeah. Yep. My 2020, I would like to get, and it has to do with my goals for 2020. So. Anyway. Ooh. Okay. So you, okay. And then are you reading fiction also? at all yeah that's what I was gonna say is that when I realized I didn't have the mental capacity to keep slogging through <laughs> the Iliad um mm -hmm. I my new goal that I kind of made was like okay I know I'm not usually really good at picking up fiction so I'm just gonna be okay with reading a lot of fiction this year so yeah. I did get quite a bit of fiction in actually Fun. okay what was your fave oh gosh okay <laughs> I think my favorite was um, The Pilgrim's Inn by Elizabeth Googe. Um, I don't really know how to describe it, and I don't want to give it away, but it's part of a trilogy. It's the second part of the trilogy. I don't really like the first and third book that much, okay. but it's unique because the trilogy is about a grandmother and the legacy that she leaves on her family, That's cool. which I think is very unique for a, a family storyline, if that makes yeah. sense. Is it a newer book? Nope. Um, maybe late, uh, late 1800s, maybe? Okay. When was this? She was born in 1900, so early 1900s. Okay. Cool. And she, the author taught handicrafts at Oxford. How cool is that? That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I taught handicrafts at Oxford. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Anything else? Um. Or is that all your categories? No, I mean, Brian did just make me, he made me read The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. So Did you do all of them? That. I did. Yeah, I okay. did. Did so, you enjoy it? Not as much as he does. 
(laughs) not enough to read it three times a year like he does (laughs) but Uh, it was really good I think I think the last chapter made it all worth it but it was just so slow and part of it too Brian's like well consider the time of day you're reading I was reading it at night while I was up nursing Cyril so it felt even longer (laughs) (laughs) because it's in the middle of the night yeah so there's that and you guys just did Harry Potter with your kids didn't you yeah, Brian just finished that actually like last week, I think, finally. Oh, that's so book. fun. Yep. So um, do you guys count in your reading goals the books that you're reading to your kids like that? Um, I don't because the mm-hmm. evening read-alouds are Brian's deal. So I'm okay. not always there and yeah. I just don't. They're all, I think all of them have almost been books that I've already read. So Yeah, okay, cool. That's fun. My but. so my favorite genre of fiction is fantasy. So I'm all about some. I've actually never read Lord of the Rings, but I feel like I would like it a lot. But I'm all about some like Harry Potter and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. so I think that I would love them. Okay, cool. Any others that you want to share for that? You know, I struggle with fantasy. Oh, it's my what? fave. I said it's I my just fave. I think. Part of it is because it's so, I know it's probably like an actual disordering of my affections, but it's so far removed, like the world to me, that it takes me so long to get oriented into the book, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So. That's kind of how I feel about a historic fantasy. And I know that's what you really like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that author, actually. What is her name, though? Okay. Go on in there, but I'll help you. Um... What is her name? Maybe I didn't write her down. Oh, no. Oh, Giles is her last name. G-I-L-E-S. Okay. She writes like a lot of... The Pilgrim's um, in one? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. That's oh. Googe. G-O-U-D-G-E. Giles. Um, G-I-L-E-S. A lot of her historical fiction are like early American settlement type things. Mm-hmm. So she had a really cool one. Um, what was it called, though? Oh, the believers. It was about the Shakers, I think, not the Quakers. I get them confused. It was about the mm-hmm. Shakers, and it was interesting because she had a note at the beginning saying all of these stories in here are accurate historical events, but they didn't happen to the same single person. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Oh my gosh, it was so fascinating cool. and just like disturbing to see how that weird cult came into being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I have a friend that really so, likes that same. I have to go help Ira real quick. That's fine. Do you want to pause? Hold you just go and do what you do and I'll have Jerry yeah, edit it out. Quick. Sorry. Okay, um, I was going to say, like, my favorite book in regards to spiritual encouragement, I guess I would say, okay. um, was probably The Courage to be Protestant by David Wells. Hmm. Trying to remember where I first heard it recommended. Maybe it was the school a sisters podcast maybe um actually nope that was a doug wilson that was doug wilson um it's he basically the author was looking at the evangelical movement in america probably in the last hundred years or so Mm -hmm. and he basically shows how when christians started to become liberal and like formalize their liberal beliefs through, um, creating associations, um, evangelicals, like actual faithful evangelicals responded by creating, I think it was the national evangelical association or the national association of evangelicals. I get confused, 
but it was basically guys like um, the Schaefers. And there were a few other authors that I recognized, but I had never read their works. And he was saying they were trying to do this out of faithfulness to the actual biblical gospel and the biblical Christ. But what happened in that time was that they um, wanted to congregate around the most simple and basic gospel principles possible, which a hundred years later, what has happened is that, that the gospel has become watered down as a result mm. of that. Hmm. So um, they were kind of, they were evangelicals coming from all different backgrounds and denominations who were basically saying like, yes, we're conservative. We agree with these principles. Therefore we want to maintain the conservative evangelical movement in America. But that long-term has looked like um, an evangelicalism that does not at all look like historical Protestantism, which is mm. what is actually conservative, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah. he was just saying like, now we have to be, if we want to consider ourselves Protestants now, that takes a lot of courage to even be willing to mm. put yourself in that, yeah. that camp anymore. So mm. it was a cool historical look at the landscape. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it helped me to not feel, um, understanding what happened and that the mega church movement came from a, an original good impulse mm -hmm. helped me be more patient with the major flaws that I see mm -hmm. in that type of a ministry mm -hmm. philosophy, if that makes yeah. sense. So there you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what was your favorite for okay. nonfiction? Okay. So my favorite nonfiction was Corey Ten Boom, The Hiding Place. Oh, Yes, 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 yes. I had never read that before, so um, that was amazing. I read that in the spring and just like devoured it and couldn't stop reading it, and I loved it so much. And it's still, I think about it still a lot. Um, mm -hmm. My major takeaways from that book, I remember telling Jared after I finished it, like, it's almost hard to believe that it's true how mm -hmm. positive she and her sister were. Mm -hmm. through going to concentration camp and, and just a lot of insane difficulties that they experienced. Yeah. Um, they're like praising God for like little details in the midst of it. I remember mm -hmm. a section where they're like praising God for the bed bugs that are in their concentration mm -hmm. camp, in their dorm in the concentration camp, because mm -hmm. it meant that um, the officers or the, like the Nazi officers, I guess, um, weren't coming in there and they, and they were able to, um, hold like prayer services with the other people mm -hmm. who were in there and they couldn't figure out why they were, you know, having the freedom to do this. Well, they found out it was because they weren't coming in because of the, their place was infested with bed bugs and they're like praising God for the bed bugs mm. and just things like that throughout the entire book where you're like, God, <laughs> you're amazing to be able to gift faith to people in the midst of insane circumstances mm -hmm. that from the outside looking in, you're like, there's no way I would be able to do that. Yeah. Get a heap in the floor. But, um, <laughs> it's just encouraging that like, even through, I know that through difficulties that like we've been through that God gifts faith and gives courage. And uh, it was just an amazing book. So anyway, it's Corey Ten Boom, The Hiding Place. Even when I was in labor and I couldn't lay down, I was thinking about that. I think it was that same dormitory where they were sharing like four or three people to one twin yes. mattress. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking like if Corey could give thanks for, for such harsh physical circumstances mm -hmm. for trying to get rest through that, then I need to be able to figure out yeah. how to give thanks when I can't lay down in labor. Yeah. I mean, it, it's true though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, so. listeners, 
right in, convince Lexi to tell her birth story. <laughs> okay. So that was my favorite, like nonfiction. Um, and then life application type books. Um, this is the year that I discovered um, Rachel Jankovich, obviously, because I've been talking about her on the podcast Ooh. a lot. So I have to just give a shout out to anyone who hasn't read Loving the Little Years and Fit to Burst because those were life changing and like paradigm shifting for mothering and all those type things. So if you haven't read those, definitely put those on your list for 2020. I love those so much. Um, and then this year I also read, um, so moving on to fiction now, um, this year I also read, Oh wait, no, I got to say learning contentment too. I read learning contentment this year. Um, and that that was was amazing. I love that. Um, and that's Nancy Wilson. And, um, so my fiction that I read, I read C.S. Lewis space trilogy this year yeah, and Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so Paralandra was so fun. I love, that was my favorite of the three. What was your favorite? You've read them, have you? Yeah, I have. I, um, the favorite. It's the last one. I can't remember. What is the name of the last one? Where they're at the university. It's not Uh, the silent planet. That's the second one that I'm going to have to look it up right now. I, I can't it's, remember what it's called. I don't have it on my list because I haven't finished it. Yeah. I, I really like liked that one. It, probably the last one. It's um, it's you're, if someone starts to read it, they're going to be like, what in the world? This is the worst book ever, but it's the last supposed one? to be very. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that like, <laughs> it's, it's taking me much longer to read and I've heard enough people talk about it to where I'm going to finish it because I know that there's intentionality in the way that it's written. Um, oh, are you reading also, that one right now then? Yeah. The I mean, one. it's kind of oh, on my okay. back burner. Oh, okay. I'm still reading it, but not that's not my like pick up every time I'm reading right now. Okay. Is it Out of the Silent Planet? I thought that was the is second one. Third one. Okay. So there's per- Paralandra, That Hideous Strength. And okay. out of the silent planet. I think it is that hideous strength. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I, yeah, there's intentionality to the way he's writing it. But right now it just feels like this is a completely different story. <laughs> Where's the yeah. characters that I've read about in the last two books. But anyways, Paralandro is my favorite. Um, so good. So um, I don't want to give it away too much. But it was just so cool because the way that um, the enemy is like trying to trick the woman in Paraland is mm-hmm. like, so yeah. similar to just like, obviously it's, he's talking about the way the enemy today um, yeah. tries to deceive women. So it was just very timely, even though it was written a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, just so timely and like uh, a lot of foresight in what he was writing because um, it's what's happening a lot today with women. So it was just a great book. I really, really enjoyed Paraland. All of the space trilogy I've, I'm glad that I have read. Um, and then we've been doing, I was going to talk about these little abridged books that we've been doing with the boys just because we found them at a yard sale and it was such a good find. They're all the classic, but they're all classic books. Um, like this one's the journey. This I have it sitting here. It's the journey to the center of the earth. And um, they're still decently long. Like this one's 230 something pages, 238 pages, but half of those pages are illustrations. I'll show you Lexi. See how it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're so fun. Um, they were abridged like in the eighties. 
um, yeah, this was a copyright 1983, but they're so much fun because they still have a lot of illustrations. And so for read alouds, we do, um, these a lot in the evenings we've done the journey mm-hmm. to the earth and man, the iron mask kind of money Cristo. Um, but they're a really cool way to like expose them to the classics, but yet it's yeah. manageable because there's little pictures. And mm-hmm. so anyways, I was just going to mention those. This one says adapted by Howard Schwartz or I think that's how you say his last name. Um, but they're Moby books. I don't know if that would help people to find them, but they're very fun. So I was going to mention those. And then um, just my honorable mention for fiction. I like, like I said, I like fantasy and anything with like a little bit of magic to it. So um, Sarah Addison Allen has a bunch of books that are really fun. Um, I didn't read these this year, but I'm mentioning them because of another book that I read that was really similar to her books. Um, it was called The Book Charmer, and it was about um, – a librarian that books kind of like speak to her as who they should go to. So, um, she's a town librarian and she like has, um, like she'll, a book will tell her that it needs to go to this person or whatever. And then there's, and then her sister has the special ability that, um, like she plants, she's very good with working with plants. So she like makes teas and things for people in the town and all this different kind of stuff. So that was a really good book. It was really fun. That was my, evening page turner and then sarah addison allen she she writes um there's one called um garden spells and then one that it is after that called the first frost there's one called sugar queen but they're all like that have just like a tinge of magic to them and i love them all were you a twilight girl i was don't even make fun of me that's what I'm <laughs> I'm to read. okay well i come from the land of where the author is from so you what mm. I come from the land of where the author was from. Okay. So growing up in high school, it was like everyone was suddenly into magic books because oh, really? of that series. But uh-huh. I don't know if it's like that everywhere or if it's just because I'm in Utah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Is she from, is the person who wrote Twilight from Utah? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's, well, if she's not from Utah. She's LDS. So it's, it's like really big among oh, okay. Okay. the Utah folk, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which man. it's interesting because when you think about that, their theology totally plays into the storyline. So. Hmm. I never thought about that. You but, would probably like the Midnight Folk. It was recommended to me when I was trying to find books for Brian. Actually, um, I need to recomm- ask Brian his favorite fiction books. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what they are. Okay, they're Lord me. of the Rings, Harry okay. Potter, and okay. <laughs> and, um, and Narnia. He seriously reads those multiple yeah. times every single year. Yeah. But I would say his most. I got him. Two or three years ago, I did get him Andy Wilson's 100 Cupboards. And he I have that, that on one. my list. Does he like okay. it? Yeah, he does. He, he's read it a couple times. I read that one this year, too, actually. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just need to read it again. It, okay. uh, some of them were really good. I liked, I liked it. It's not that I didn't like it. It just, I don't know, has a lot of baseball-type elements in it to me. And I'm not – Baseball? <laughs> I know it sounds really weird, but he likes baseball. And so there was some of it that I just, I could not understand or like connect with yeah. because of that. But I really want to read it again just because there were parts that were really, really, okay. really good. Okay. The Midnight so Folk. I would recommend that? it for sure. What's the Midnight Folk? Um, you know what? I haven't, I haven't read it, but it was recommended okay. for people who like Harry Potter. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. The Midnight Folk. So, I have yep. to be careful in my love of magical things because I honestly, I don't want to read things that are like demonic, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. and you can easily fall into that um, with magical stuff because there is stuff like that's straight up witchcraft and glorifying it. And 
Mm -hmm. I don't want to read that, but um, I do love magical things. So you have to be you a little. What you should read. Um, you should read C.S. Lewis's autobiography, uh, "Surprised by Joy." Okay. Because he talks about that in there. He talks about how, like, part of his coming to Christ was he had this obsession, basically, with um, like pantheism and paganism and that those types of literature uh, with like the magic and stuff and how God just really used that to cultivate that feeling of nostalgia that he writes mm -hmm. about in other places yeah. and um, just kind of ultimately show him how Christ is a fulfillment of all of those things. Mm. So I think That's you'd awesome. probably like it. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely read that. Um, okay. So like 2020 book lists, I've already seen yours on Instagram and it's too long to talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> you have like, actually, this is the first year I've ever had a book. Is it? Okay. I've never, I've yes. never seen goals as like, I know I want to read these, but this year I do have, I have a quite a few books on my 2020 list that I want to read. Um, yeah. Someone told me yeah. about, uh, becoming Mrs. Lewis. It's about, um, um, let's see, Callahan by Callahan. Callahan, uh, the, the modern author, modern author Callahan. Cause there's a, there's a, classical writer Callahan let me find it right now I don't know but someone told me about it and it's called becoming Mrs. Lewis and it's something about I guess Mary oh Patty Callahan yeah Mary and C.S. Lewis oh yep yep the love story of the two of them yeah so I have that on my I list that's probably pretty good yeah um I have a couple um missionary biographies on my list um the things we couldn't say in God Smuggler. You ready? Mm. Um, I haven't. I've heard God Smuggler is really good though for school mm -hmm. age children. Um, I want to finish Death by Living. I started it last year, but it, I, I didn't finish it not because I didn't like it, but just because it was like in a time where I had too many other books going on and I mm -hmm. set it to the side. So I do want to finish that one. Um, I would like to read Adoniram Judson. Um, Oh, oh, that is Golden an interesting Shore. story. Golden Shore or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. I haven't read that book, but I read uh, a book of biographies about missionaries and him, mm -hmm. him and his wife. That They have a very interesting marriage story in there. Um, I also, I started Amy Carmichael's um, oh. biography this year and haven't finished it. So that's on my next year's list. And I have the Ian Murray version. Mm -hmm. You yep. said you, like, you liked um, I really liked Elizabeth Elliot's. Yeah. I'm sure that one's really good too. I just, I'm sure it is. I just haven't, I didn't know there was one. Yeah. Till afterwards. Um, and then I have a fantasy book that just someone recommended called the light princess by George McDonald. It's more of like a kid. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so that's like my, and then some of you, some that you have said sparked my interest. So I will, I'm going to be putting those on my, on my 2020 list as well. So anyway, I like, I do like, Oh, oh sweet. I like, I would also like to read Jane Eyre. I've never read that, and I would like to read that. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That was one of my favorites growing up. Was it? Mm-hmm. I've not read a lot of the classics because, like I said, I didn't really like to read till I was in college, and I didn't really go to a very good um, school district, so I never really read books in high school. You I know what, Brian has actually read multiple times recently that he has said is probably one of his favorite fictions from this year was Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's read it multiple times this year that's cool so branching out a little bit yeah <laughs> okay okay cool what about you any that you're like very excited um, about 
I'm trying to think. I'm really excited. I'm reading right now, which I, I know I won't finish it until next year, but I, um, I am reading Heaven Misplaced by Wilson. Oh, yeah. Which is basically all about post-millennialism. Yeah, so, I read that this year. Yeah, it's my first book on post-millennialism that I've read. Brian's read a ton and has like walked me through it and asked mm-hmm. multiple, I've asked multiple questions and all that stuff, but yeah. it feels really like an accessible place for me to start personally reading. So mm-hmm. um, I'm doing that one. Um, Foundations of Social Order by Rush Dooney was recommended. Okay. Remind me to come back to this. I do want to mention two things real quick about how to find good books. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So make friends with readers, first okay. of all, and follow mm-hmm. footnotes. <laughs> Second. Okay. Yeah. So I, I get a lot of my books, at least from the last two years, I've gotten a lot of them from Doug Wilson's Goodreads list oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so this one foundations of social order by Rush Dooney, he recommended it recently on his podcast, but it's basically about how m- most social contracts pre a hundred years ago came from church council, um, type of meetings. And it was basically how those cultures were putting those um, stances that the church was taking into effect through social order, if that makes sense. Hmm. Now we go back to um, government and political type meetings and then put put those decisions into effect. But before that, it used to be going back to the church councils. So hmm. I guess that's what the whole book is about, Foundations of Social Order. So I want to get to that eventually. I know that would probably be a pretty hefty read for me. But then the other ones... I'm really into um, that I want to make sure I get to. I have one that's called Against Protestant Gnostics, which I think is going to be as long the same lines as The Courage to be Protestant. Um, and then as a result of the post-millennialism that Brian and I have been talking about, I want to very quickly, probably my next book after I finish that, get to um, A Different Shade of Green, which the subtitle is a biblical approach to environmentalism and the dominion mandate. Okay. I have been hearing about that book recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah. Cause we were talking about oh, so the Isaiah prophecies that are the child playing by the cobra hole uh-huh. and basically like showing um, a peaceful relationship between creation and God's people again. Mm-hmm. And so that like, it, I was talking to Brian about it yesterday and it really challenged me. Like, do I actually believe that we're going to get to a place again where we, where we will be at peace with God's creation? Hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of cop out and say, well, no, we're never going to get there. Jesus is going to have to be the one to come back and kind of make all things right, which is true. But I am also now seeing that we do have a certain responsibility hmm. <laughs> in that, that will will actually affect the culture and um, like the kingdom will be built. So I kind of want to get a better understanding of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like an so, interesting one. I think I may have, is yeah. that a canon, that's canon press book? Yeah. That one's by Gordon Wilson, who, okay. who was the um, narrator of what was the nature documentary they did? I can't remember now. The what? Oh, the ride in the dance. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. He, he's a, I think he's a biology professor at NSA, if I remember correctly. Okay. But um, I think yeah. I may have seen that whenever I was browsing through the um, sales that Canon was doing recently. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other like really fun author that I just found, I'm going to show this to you. Okay. Have you seen this? You would love no. this probably. Okay. That looks fantastic. <laughs> I like the front of it. 
<laughs> so I'm really bad about picking my books because I like the look of them. <laughs> so <laughs> how I, I pick lots of things in my life, which is not always good. No, I literally, when it came to the mail, I was like, Jordan would love this book. <laughs> I judge books by cover all the time. <laughs> she's a, she's a believer, although I think she's probably based on some of the people who recommended her book. She's probably pretty liberal, but um, she has some books about like how to decorate your house basically. And so it's been very helpful even just for me to get very basic design principles that I've never thought about before. Uh-huh. Um, so I have this one. I'm going through it very slowly. It's going to take me a while. It's called Cozy Minimalist Home. Hey, oh, that's what I was going to say. Say the author because you showed me the picture, but I didn't know if you said it's Michaelin. I think that's how you say it. Michaelin. Okay. Michaelin Smith. I like, I like it because she has kids. And so she talks about how taking a straight minimalist approach is not helpful when you have a family or actually want to use your house for the reasons you have a house. <laughs> um, it's called Cozy so she, Minimalist Home. The co- Yeah, Cozy Minimalist Home. Oh, and then man. her first book is called The Nesting Place. Hmm. Um, and it's the subtitle is It Doesn't Have to Be Perfect to Be Beautiful. So I have a feeling it's going to be really good too. Man, those both look right up my alley. So yeah, I think you'd really, really um, like And them. you put Radiant on your list for this year, right? Because Oh yes, I'm going to do that right now. I wanted you to write that on your list. Yep. I'm really enjoying that one. That Radiant is a book that I'm reading right now, and it is um, 50 women in church history that have, like, um, either been a martyr or just done really amazing things for the kingdom in their life. Um, so just a really cool, like, if you want to feel, like um, – how God has used females in a good, mm, like if you yeah. want to, if you want to have some like feminine pride, read this book <laughs> and, yeah. and not, and not any kind of feminist woohoo crap. So radiant is a good one. That's a lot more. I thought for some reason, I only thought it was like five people. So that's, no, it's that's 50, pretty sweet. Yeah, it's good. I've only read two stories so far and both of them have been like, Whoa, it was pretty great. Hmm. Have you read much like, a? uh, I don't know if you remember, this was like back when I was in high school, actually. DC Talk came out with a book called Jesus Freaks, I think. And it was like all about martyrs. Oh. Do you remember this? Uh-huh. It yeah, I do remember it. Yep. Um, yeah. But uh, it's bringing back memories of that book. Um, but this is all women and, it's, and it starts out like the first one, um, her name, Perpetua or something like that. And it was like in 200 AD, um, her story, where she was like um, sent – she was imprisoned for being a Christian, her and her pastor and like a few other people. And, um, she had to go into the, um, what's it called when they go, guys, I got up at 3am. I'm so sorry. What's it called <laughs> when they go in and like people basically feed them to lions? The Coliseum. Coliseum. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, her and her group, um, eventually get fed to lions. She actually gets gored, um, by a bull, but Anyways, and then oh. killed by sword. But it's Is really she cool. the one that was separated from her nursing baby? Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. I remember reading that story in Bruce mm-hmm. Shelley's church history book mm-hmm. while I was nursing Ari and just yes. crying. Yeah. Like, and oh my then, gosh. Um, one of the one of the people that was in her group was pregnant and she was eight months pregnant mm-hmm. and they prayed that God would let her have the baby before they were killed. Oh my and, gosh. Oh and my gosh. She actually like it said right after that they had prayed, she started having contractions and had the baby and they were able to give the baby to a Christian, a fellow Christian woman that was, um, 
you know, not imprisoned and that they raised the baby. Um, it was a little girl and they raised the baby as her own. So it was just amazing stories oh like that goodness. that will make you feel like very empowered as a woman in the right way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So was that story, I mean, I know that's in multiple books, but that specific, those details, was that from Radiant or was that from the yeah. Jesus Freaks book? No, that was from Radiant. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Okay. I, I just have to say the other book I'm super excited about. I don't think it's out yet though. I don't know. Is Plot Activity? Yes. Yes. I it's on Jared's wait. list. <laughs> it's on Jared's well, list. So I, I know, know he likes that. Wordsmithy because I love Wordsmithy too. Jared and I talked about that. So it sounds like it's kind of along the same lines. Did you read, um, did you read Man in the Dark this year? Yeah, you I did. did. Yeah. Did. Yep. I was a big fan. I liked it a lot. I love a good, yeah, I love a good it. love story. Yeah. I thought it was and good. And it's from a Christian author. So it's a love story yep. that, um, won't be, you know, anything you don't want it to be. <laughs> but I also think he does a really good job of not shying away from like real, the real goodness of physical attraction, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was really good. And I felt like, um, sorry, my computer keeps making noises. It makes me think the battery's dying. I don't know. This is Jared's computer. I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, there's a big twist. I loved the big twist. So. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, guys, <laughs> we could talk about books for a very long, I know. <laughs> very long episode already. So we can probably be quiet now. Um, unless you have anything you want to say at the end. Oh, I, I just, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. I, say, yeah. I also read Hillbilly Elegy this year. That was a fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. You said that. That was a really fun read. Just like political and economic differences throughout the nation and where people come mm-hmm. from. And, um, that was a good book. It was really popular during the election year. Um, oh, that's right. That's yeah. when I remember seeing it yeah. everywhere. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun read. Um, uh, another autobiographical. So anyway, mm-hmm. what were you going to say? That just remi- I, I was going to say, I cannot believe I forgot to mention, even above Elizabeth Googe, I found Willa Cather this year. And I love Willa Cather. If you guys like um, Wendell Berry's fiction, I feel like okay. Willa Cather is a better writer and she's a female writer. Okay. So I loved, loved, loved her pieces. Um, I think My Antonia was my favorite one just because um, at, like the book ends with a beautiful picture of a tired, exhausted woman with many children. Mm-hmm. Yet the whole point of the story is that this is like the height of feminine beauty. Hmm. And so I That's just awesome. love her I went through I don't even know I read countless of her books this year so I loved loved her stuff Mm, that's awesome so that's it I mean okay I could keep going but I should stop I know I know guys I am gonna like do my best with the show but please just just feel free to message and we would be happy to respond to you if you have yeah yeah. What did you say? Of that course. Was? Whatever. Um, I would be giddy to respond to your book questions. Yes, for real. <laughs> you will get a lengthy response on any book question that you may ask, obviously. So anyways, happy reading. And if you guys know, if you're like, oh, you know what book Lexi would like, or you know what book. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Tell us. Let us add it to our Twitter. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And yeah. Happy reading. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.